is this episode 52? Uh, yep, yeah. it is. It's the anniversary. No, it's next week. We've been through this. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, oh, we right. Through this. You're right. You're right. Okay. Either we didn't start at zero. All right. Weirdly, the podcast of work is also about two years old. Actually, yeah, it would be the 16th. It'll be two years old, which is spooky. Two podcasts I'm involved with have anniversaries at the same point. Who's this other podcast? Uh, the one that we've got at work. Nice. About leadership and business and stuff. We're the abnormal podcast in Tom's life. Good. All podcasts are abnormal, let's be honest. You've got to be a bit of a nerd to do one in the first place, no matter who you are. Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and this is the only podcast on the internet brave enough to go into the corn maze, get lost, and then not use the map. Use our own intuition to get out. Today I'm joined by Jess. Hello. James. Hello. And Tom. That is indeed very brave. On the show this week, we're reviewing the self-titled album from Jack Francis. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first... Let's kick it to the news. Tom, take us away. In the news this week, another legacy artist has sold their back catalogue to a record label, Sting, this week of The Police, and Sting uh, has sold his back catalogue to Universal in what is believed to be a deal worth up to £183 million. Um, we've got a source here from the BBC. Sting, I don't think, needs that much introduction. The message in the bottle bloke uh, and the... Uh, um the the other song what he wrote with the police um San? Y- yeah that one let's let's do that one not the one i was thinking of but that's another song that he's known for um yes yeah every breath you take was the other song i was thinking of um yeah, that one this deal i believe would cover all of his work to date um and he's been doing loads of solo stuff since the police broke up in 1980 or 1984 from memory something around there um but yeah we've seen this before we've seen bruce springsteen do it we've seen um uh bob dylan do it as well various other um legacy artists um, who are thinking about how best to deal with their catalogue in, in, the, in the untimely circumstances that they pass on. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to carry on managing it until the day they pass on? Or are they going to actually think, let's get a paycheck now, sell it off. I can then, I don't know, buy an island in the Maldives and have a lovely retirement and then pass on a bit to my kids or, you know, something to, do, to that effect. Um, not the first time we've seen it. It's interesting that Sting has done it now. I'm sure it won't be the last time we report about this. Uh, the key question everyone's asking, does this include his collaborative album with Shaggy from 2018? That is the uh, $183 million question. And the truth is I can't verify at the moment. I will have to investigate. If only our show was around then. That would have been right on our list for reviews. Sting, coincidentally, is a um, musician that I've been listening to recently. Um, I saw an interview with him 
by Rick Beato, um, who I think I've vaguely mentioned on the podcast before in passing. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool because he... Um, couple of things always always um interest me about sting is the idea of having surprise in music if if a song doesn't surprise you in the first eight bars lost his attention not going to listen to it again you know and probably won't come back to it which explains a lot of the sporadic nature of police songs and then also he said we've got this wonderful teacher we've got this really really good person that we've all learned from and he's called j.s bark um <laughs> j.s bark of course being composer from 300 years ago so he's a bit dead yeah, to make the point, it's 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 music that does um, constantly change and it does constantly um, evolve. You know, like looping artists would not get along with Bach, or Bach wouldn't get along with them. I I dare say too much too much repetition. But, um, yeah, we've got sidetrack. Sting, Sting sells all of his songs to Universal. <laughs> Wait, all of his songs? So it would include a Shaggy record confirmation. Tom's reached inside of himself and pulled that fact out. <laughs> he knew it all along, really. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to help him come to that realization on his own. Mm. Just, the thing is, the thing is, I just looked back at the at the title. We got the BBC article out, uh, up here, and I just skimmed past it when I um, read it initially. I scrolled back to the top of the page, and then it literally says there: Sting Sting sells all of his songs to Universal. Also, it says Sting Cell. Sounds like a really rubbish beginning to a tongue twister. <laughs> Sting Cell's music by the Sting Cell's song cells on the Sting on the no. songs <laughs> on the dark web. <laughs> wow. Right, let's get on to our review for this week then. We are looking at the self-titled debut album from singer-songwriter Jack Francis. Uh, it released on Good Deeds Music on the 4th of February, 2022. Does anyone else know an album that's come out on Good Deeds Music? Sting and Shaggy's collaborative album. Unfortunately oh, yes. not. Uh, it's even better than that. Uh, their back catalogue is lots of small artists I've never heard of. And uh, last year they released the Clangers album. <laughs> Okay. The Clangers album. I that was a hoot. Yep. Wow. So he's really, so, yeah. you know, that's a tough act to follow. Yeah, that's I changed mean, the whole complexion now. I, I don't know. I can't see it in the same light anymore. No, you can't really review it in the same way after it, you know, when it's in that league. It changes everything. It really mm. does. The album clocks in at 32 minutes, so it's it's in and out. Uh, only nine tracks on this one. Let's start with some general thoughts. James, let's start with you this week. General thoughts. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't think there was much variation throughout the album, but like you said, well, it was in and out, so there wasn't enough time to kind of get bored of it, really. Um, I really like the overall sound, the tone, the tone of his guitar in general, um, the kind of country sort of genre he brought in, but a toned down sort of country and like folk elements as well. Um, yeah, in general, I just really enjoyed this album. And I think that's mostly what I'm going to say throughout this review. It's just, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, yeah, a big thing though, um, 
he reminded me a lot of um what's his name he reminded me a lot of um james taylor not in his vocals but in the uh overall sound with the guitar and his voice which is quite a general quite a general thing to say like a singer songwriter sort of thing but just the tonality and the the way he sings his lyrics and everything um reminds me a lot of james taylor so that's a big bonus from me jess yeah short and sweet is kind of how i thought of this album it I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, to be quite honest with you, because I things in this sort of genre usually don't really do much for me. Um, I quite often get quite bored. It's just not really something I listen to. I, so I wouldn't have picked this up, to be honest, without um, this review. But I actually liked it more than I expected to. And, yeah, I liked the... It, it didn't ever reinvent the wheel, but it was enjoyable, and it wasn't too long, like James said. And I enjoyed the overall mix of kind of the kind of Americana country sound with stuff that you hear more often in the UK nowadays, like modern UK country and folk and blues at points as well. A nice blues influence. And yeah, you had really strong vocals. I thought they were really nice. Overall, it was just a very warm, cozy sound that was, yeah, very well written overall. Tom? No, I want you to go first, Will. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, can I start off by saying this is the worst album art we've had yet? Yes, no, I would agree okay. then. Why That's does he enough. look like he's doing a poo? <laughs> I did think he looked very sad. That didn't quite come <laughs> to mind. But... I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I, I kind of mirror other people's opinions so far where this review might kind of turn into killing it with faint praise. It's kind of like I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the show, but it, it kind of feels like a country fair type, uh, like a county fair type thing. Like you'd hear it at some big event with like grab the ducks and stuff like that. <laughs> Do you mean hook a um, duck? Yeah. Or that I one. don't know what happens in your town. I mean, when the guy turns his back, you grab them, right? That's how <laughs> the game works. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do like the kind of combination of sounds where he does have more Americana parts and then more kind of the, the British scene, essentially, like you were saying, Jess. I think it is a bit front-loaded i think it loses momentum towards the end for me um but yeah overall it it keeps it short enough that I, at no point was i like oh this feels like a slog it it like breezes by which is good right tom um interesting uh it's probably worth highlighting quickly that this is the first album that i've suggested this year um i happened across jack francis end of last year around october uh, or november time when he supported ferris and sylvester another band that i adore and i don't get jack francis at all i don't get it because i've seen all this before i i kind of said this in our uh, end of year episode as well i've seen all this before it's a guy with a guitar it shouldn't be that interesting or that involved 
and yet I've really um, attached myself and grown smitten over his music. I really don't get it. I don't want to share it with fake praise, so I'll give it um, some backhanded compliments, and we'll start there. Again, it should be completely unremarkable, but it's a really, really good um, set of songs. Doesn't outstay its welcome. Feels like a really modern, fresh 32 minutes. Nothing is... Well, let's not say nothing is wasted here, but let's say that um, there would always be a temptation for a folk album to go on for, well, 40, 50 minutes, an hour or longer. This doesn't. I'd agree with you, Will. There are definitely some weaker tracks towards the end of the album. Um, And it definitely feels front-loaded. A Little Love is a song that I have started adoring recently for various reasons. Um... Weirdly, I've associated it with London as well. It's a song that on two occasions I've listened to whilst walking through London. And it really suits nicely and it feels so warm and gooey. There's enough soul here that it feels really um, organic. Songs like Driftwood stand out to me where I get the impression there was one recording from start to finish. Guitar and vocals and then some added extra bits added on later. Um which is really nice, but also it's got this wonderful, clean, crisp, modern production quality, um, which is really refreshing. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this um, in a way that I didn't expect, because again, weirdly, also he captured me enough when I heard him with just an acoustic guitar that I foolishly went out and bought his album uh, for £10 and then decided not this album, which is just released now, back in October, which was a smart idea, um, release it back way before you were going to release it so that people have it if they want it um but i never did listen to it so i was going into this blind so i thought there are going to be songs which i don't know some of them are amazing um and it was just really good i really really like this this is honestly my favorite album of the year which is a very bold thing to say on the 10th of february um is it the first time you said it this year i'm not it is is. oh wow okay it won't be the last. It's the first for anyone playing bingo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll carry on rambling, otherwise let's get on with it. Uh, I want to pick up on what you were saying about Driftwood, and I'm pretty sure you're right that the vocals and guitar were done in one take, because there's one moment in it which I really don't like, where his voice audibly distorts in the microphone when he goes loud. Yep. No, and, like, I love that. that. It's, it's not a nice-sounding distortion, it sounds like something where they were like, well, we we don't want to go back and redo the whole song now, so we're going to leave it in. And it it's, I mean, partly it's that the distortion itself doesn't sound very nice, in my opinion. But also it's that it's so at odds with the rest of the album that it is really highly produced. Like, if we were hitting those moments all of the time, I think it wouldn't, I wouldn't have mentioned it because it'd be like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of the vibe they're going for. But throughout the album, like it's so cleanly produced that this one, like really, like weird moment with this, this like clipping, just like really didn't do it for me. I disagree with that. I thought it gave it a load of weight and it gave it a load of feeling, which I didn't expect. Yeah, and that was one moment where I think in when I heard it the first time, I wasn't sure about it, but then I gave it a second listen and went, actually, this is a really, really awesome moment that I don't hear enough in modern music where, you know, you're going through the song and you know it's the last time you're going through that line, so you may as well just belt it. 
because who else is going to bother? Who else is going to listen? It's also really, really dark song we might discuss a little bit more but it's just like it was a song that made me it's a it's a song which had that extremely rare quality of making me worry about this persona this character that was singing it and i felt really really concerned about the dark place that this character was in and i kind of wanted to give them a hug it was it was deep and it was really hard to listen to there was weirdly a song by um Ben and Jason, which got which gave me the same feeling, um, a star in nobody's picture, which is this really um weird camp tragic comic um tale of this 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 um woman who goes out and gets drunk and these days she drinks she's drinking vodka. If she touches gin, she cries, and you think this is a really, really this is this is a character that I really feel concerned about and really want to talk to and really want to you know help them out if I can and I got that same feeling with Driftwood so actually this was a stand up moment for me and yeah that clipping moment almost felt like a peek through the curtains like a like a fourth wall break for me. I'm on the fence about that. I did notice it too. I don't think it was intentional, but I kind of also can't. Um lying that it did almost make it feel a bit more honest and kind of homely and just like things like the little imperfections in it and generally in the album like maybe added a bit more depth to it that wouldn't have been there otherwise so I, I don't know I haven't made up my mind what I think yeah I'm on the fence as well because it, it didn't really sound like clipping to me it sound it sounded like suddenly you can hear that it's recorded in the studio whereas like for us through the rest of the album, it did sound like really natural. Mm. Um, highly produced, but um, yeah, it sounded really nice. But then that moment is like, we're talking about that moment now. So is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? It kind of brings yeah, maybe we should go away on to the from rest the rest of, it. of the album. <laughs> Just as a last word on it, I don't have a problem with there being that distortion in there. It's that it's, like the distortion itself doesn't sound nice to my ear. Like if it was a something else, like they adjusted that sound, it could have been all right. But whatever circuit they were running through it through, just <laughs> wasn't great for me. I think it also didn't help that um, I think there's like a volume fade. I can almost hear like they've dipped the volume so it doesn't like yo know, just break the speakers if it's distorting that much, which I think gives it this kind of off quality as well. Like, um, it feels very unnaturally compressed, which also, again, won't help with the sound, but I think that's also out of necessity. Otherwise, it will sound even more disgusting. Something I did really like on the album was the opening track, A Little Love. Mm. In the verse, mm. it has a very, like, iron and whiny feeling, old Americana-type sound to it, which I think, like actually plays to his strengths yeah the the guitar in particular in that track um sounded like really bright and kind of sparkly and the bass yeah bass kind of like really mellow and yeah fit with everything um but it was still like dynamic and interesting but then it did keep going on and like it kept getting like appended um a bit at the end then another bit at the end which yeah i kind of liked it but also yeah, it went on for a bit. Yeah, I kind of I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier, Tom, about um, 
the fact that it sort of was better almost than the sum of its parts should have been. Um, and I, yeah, mm. I definitely felt that in in the way that I really struggled to describe why it, why this is the case. But I did like it a lot more than other similar things because I've heard a lot on the radio and stuff, and oh, a lot of it just feels like such a slog. <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all, and it's partly put me off the whole genre. But mm. um, yeah, this this was better for difficult to pin down reasons. But one reason I think, one thing I did notice that I liked or that might be the reason for this, was just the the different layers and like the mixing of them. So it had a lot of extras. It has like mainly just his vocals and the acoustic guitar, and then it also has like keys. It has sort of an organ-y kind of, some sort of organ thing. It has um, a like a backing, backing vocals, backing choir of some sort. And it has, occasionally it has like horns, trumpets, uh, so, it, but all these things don't um, overpower the main vocals and kind of guitar that are like the through line of it all. And I thought they were layered up really well. So they were all created just like a really solid base in the background for the main bits to shine through. And I think, like you said, James, it was very dynamic still. And I just feel like it. all these added extras didn't take away. They were just... Um, they're like adding value in the background, if that makes sense. And just making it feel very you like cozy. Just... <laughs> what was you that? You could call them additive. Hey, let's go with that. But yeah. Is that, that a math joke or something? I, I don't get that. No. It's just language, isn't it? <laughs> sort of yeah. language. I mean, I, well, to be fair, I did literature, so I don't really understand language. Make of that what you will. Yeah, I think the way it was all put together was the it was put together in a really effective way for me. The elements were all there that maybe are there in other albums too, but just it was built up in a really good way to promote the things it wants to promote and everything else is just there. Not taking away from that. It's it's a really good way to describe it as well, better than the sum of its parts. So I think that's really uh that's actually given it a new phrase, which I hadn't given it before, but actually that's really, really descriptive. Again, I've heard all this before. I've heard a guy with a guitar singing about his sorrows and how he hasn't got any love and how he's actually a really horrible, nasty person and he shouldn't be, and he should be alone, but it's captured me for some reason. I don't get it. It's also a really good point on the, um, the, 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 the decoration, the ornamentation, shall we call it? Um, like organs, stuff like that. Helena has got a wonderful, um, um, Leslie organ in the background, a sort of, um, hammered organ through a Leslie speaker. Um, I don't know whether it's a genuine one or whether it's an emulation. I suspect it's genuine given that... Uh, uh, sorry, I presume it's an emulation given that they cost a lot of money. I could be wrong. Um, but it gives us wonderful texture and it gives us wonderful, like you said, almost base um, foundation to the entire um, song and to the album. My only worry might be if you see him live and there isn't that organ and it isn't that and it's just maybe an acoustic and electric, is it going to lose something there? Maybe that's just you know, maybe that's just me being overprotective of some songs. But yeah, I I I love how um, organic and cozy it feels. It really is an album that, well, yeah, like you said, does does more than it should do, and does more than you suspect it will. 
how did it compare then? On did you hear any of these songs that without having all the extra instruments that they should have done? Uh, yes. Well, they were all acoustic. Um, and you enjoyed it. From I did. Yeah. Said. I'm from memory. I heard the wheel. I heard Helena. I heard um, Wild Eyes, Silver Lining, and a Little Love. If I remember correctly, I may have missed out a couple. Um, Jack, if you want to confirm what your set list was for <laughs> the extra cabin gig supporting Ferris and Sylvester last year, do hit me up. Um, the the other thing with that gig as well is that um, I think I mentioned it at the time. The 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 audience were kind of chatting and they just kind of weren't that interested as well. Again, another reason why it shouldn't have stood out, and yet it did, and it kind of caught me from the very start. And I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it, it had this aura, even though people were just chatting and not caring what he was really doing, which was really sad. And it kind of added this extra layer to it, this extra bit of story. Aww. that... <laughs> this dude with a guitar who's playing songs and no one's actually listening <laughs> i think it says something that you heard it without all these uh all, all decorations as you put it um you were worried about that maybe having less of an effect and i'm sure it would be good if they did have all that live but it says something that you saw it without that and you you liked it enough to want to bring it onto the show and buy an album so that's good. That's a positive. Yeah, there's an old adage about um, any good any good song you should be able to play alone with an acoustic and vocals, and it should still sound as good as the finished track. And if it doesn't, then there probably isn't much there. I don't know how true it is, but I think there's a little bit of wisdom there. Like, <laughs> how much can you strip back and have your song still feel like the same song? DJs are like shaking in their boots right now. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like techno <laughs> doesn't really work like that. Prodigy are also quite concerned as well. Prodigy haven't written a good album in <laughs> over ten years. From Invaders Must Die. From Invaders Must Die. Do 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 no. <laughs> I thought the vocals were the. I thought the lyrics were quite hit and miss across the record where there were some songs where I was like, oh, this is actually really good. And in general, they never dipped down to a point where I was like, I don't want to listen to this anymore, which in this genre is something that I feel like for me happens quite a lot. Mm. But there were songs where I was like, the lyrics aren't standing up to the instrumentation here. Uh, like on the track Holiday... I really like the airy texture of the song. I think the instrumentation works really well. And then the lyrics are just just kind of plain and kind of... They, they could have had more to them, but it was just kind of... generic singer-songwritery stuff. It definitely was on the track that took me as much as the others. Um... I don't know whether we call them misses, though. Certainly I can see hits, and I can certainly see moments where lines stood out massively compared to the songs around them. Again, going back to Driftwood, even like this this, this, this character that I felt worried about, um, uh, rewarded and rewarded for the life you've wasted, punished for the life that you choose. That's just, wow, okay. Just, what does that mean, dude? It's just like, oh, do you want to sit down and have a beer and talk about this? It's just like some serious stuff going on here. And then there's just some other cool little lines, which I think in their simplicity um, offer a lot. Helena, again, um, was a 
the song which did this for me. I'm feeling strange because life is cruel and Lord knows you love to treat me like a fool. Wow. That that surprised me. Um, it's it's not telling me anything new, but it's saying it in a new way. Um, and it felt really fresh. Again, I was really surprised by it. Yeah, I think he really needed to have his vocals be good for this because even the way he's mixed, he puts his vocals like kind of right at the front and that, I mean, that's kind of the main part of singer-songwriter music. It's like you're listening to those lyrics and they need to be strong. And to me, I actually really liked the lyrics. Um, to me, as much as to you, I really enjoyed that very romantic, um, sweet song. And I don't think it got too cheesy like a lot of those kind of songs get. Dreshwood is another one which we keep coming back. Um, it's like a really strong metaphor about being Driftwood. And you could really picture it in your head while you're singing. And I actually liked Holiday. Um, it felt quite really relatable, even if you've heard it a lot um, a lot before. But yeah, I liked that. And there were some bits where it wasn't as strong, but I wouldn't call them like big misses. Uh, but in like Silver Lining, he uses some like language that I didn't expect from the kind of genre he's singing with. Although on that track, he uses a rude word that I won't repeat now, but he uses the American version <laughs> of it. I was like, what, what are you doing? You're from Southampton. <laughs> oh, I didn't know where you're from. So I was like, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, overall, I, I, I thought the lyrics were okay. And that doesn't sound like maybe much of a compliment, but it is to me because again, a bit like you will, I get easily kind of put off by like cheesy lyrics or bad lines and I hear it a lot and the fact that none of them like made me think oh this is that was a bit awkward was is is a good thing that's like quite an achievement for me so that was good that's a good mark in my book that generally I I enjoyed it all and I thought yeah it was just quite heartfelt to be honest it's very like earnest which which is nice not not to a point it was cheesy though yeah, like I said, none of them are egregious. It's more like there are high points, and then when it dips below that, I'm a bit disappointed. I liked To Mean As Much well, To You as well, James, that song. Um, I especially like the violin opening on it, because it was sound of, it was sort of like a Celtic music influence yeah. to me. It sounded, mm. it reminded me of a Kaylee, like the dance, the sort of event, mm. um, which I think, it's, I think it's mostly just a violin carrying that, but it was nice. I enjoyed that vibe to it. That was what I mean more by like the UK sound, I think. Uh, bro- mm, uh, very yeah. broadly saying the term UK, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I got that in Helena as well. Mm, yeah. Helena was a nice one. Question then. What about the last track? God Hotted Little Man. We haven't mentioned that at all yet. Yeah. That was the most different sounding one, wasn't it? It's just like at the end, it was like, you know what? I'll completely switch it up. and <laughs> Well, not completely, but you know. I was getting like hints of the Beatles even. Like I didn't mm. really expect it. Um I had that on another track as well, and I can't remember which one it was now, but I had a real Beatles hint. Yeah. I, I mean if the track could have been somewhere else in the album, it might have given the album more momentum. Um but having it last is fine as well, I think. Yeah, it was an odd choice to be a last song, being by far the most upbeat song. But mm. I guess I, I didn't mind that actually, because I liked I think actually I, I liked the second half maybe more. So that I don't know, it's just a nice way to finish it kind of on a on a high note. And it had like that sort of false ending where it stopped 
and then comes back yeah. in our, you know, like, encore, <laughs> have a, it was like it was being played live. That's the sort of thing you would do on a live show. You'd play an extra few, an extra chorus or something. And that was nice. And it had, like, an organ solo, which is honestly a hit. Like, that, something I didn't know I needed, but I enjoyed it. And it was quite funny how it had some of the more, um, the more, like, uh, explicitly sad lyrics. I mean, it's called Cold Hearted Little Man, but... It was just so upbeat. I mean, it's taking a leaf out of the book of Scar music. Like, that, that was quite interesting. Um, just to mention one more track before we um, wrap up. Well, if we do wrap up, we might continue afterwards. To mention one other track, uh, ambiguously, it might be the last one or not. Um, <laughs> the Wheel was actually cast my mind back. That was the song which I heard of his where I went, this guy's really, really good. Um Again, there's just this little um, wonderful melancholy, um, but this like bittersweet sound to the lyrics he's delivering and to the tone and to the shape of it. Like, I've been living on the inside out, traveling a trail of endless doubt. Am I an engine made of steel or just, or just a wheel slowly turning destination unknown? Wow. Ouch. That hurt. Uh, I, I felt that one. Yeah, that was that had some noticeably nice lyrics actually, and nice melodies, just well written, generally, which is hard to, um, hard to quantify why, but they they were just well written. Mm. They just landed. And just well. a couple of little lines like that where I found myself humming along to them, or just like singing and singing them back to myself, like, and I thought, okay, it's got something here, it's got a nice hook here. One other observation for me is that, um, and to be fair, I can normally do this with most of the albums we listen to on a weekly basis but i could happily have this on repeat and not get bored of it for a long time like three hours or more it just keeps on ticking by and i'm not thinking about switching off like the same thing i might do for 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 for, i don't know toto or or the police or um steely dan for example i could just let it roll by um and it, I didn't get bored of it. I could just have it on as literal background music and I would just hear myself humming along and recognising bits. I didn't need to worry about what song it was. I just liked being in that space, um, which was nice. That was another good point. Good point scored. Right. So let's wrap up by asking, would you recommend our listeners go away and listen to this album? Tom? Definitely. Um, be- beyond me being a fan, this is actually just really good modern folk. James? I'm actually going to say no, but listen to songs like <gasps> Driftwood and To Mean There's Much To You. Um, and maybe Holiday. But in general, uh, it's, it's not really going to improve your life that much. <laughs> wow. <gasps> Jess? I would say yes, definitely. I think if you are into this sort of genre of modern country and Americana and folk anyway, you'll like it. But also if you're not sure that you do like it as a genre, maybe give this one a try. I think it might be a good kind of entry point if you're not so sure. I think if you're a a fan of this type of music, yeah, you should check it out. But if not, I don't think it's going to radically change the way you feel about it even if it is a 
better example of one of those albums. So we're divided. Mm. Which could be interesting when we come to rank it. The right. rankings so far, at number one, we have Bonobo with Fragments. At number two, we have Yard Act with The Overload. Number three, we have Burial's Anti-Dawn EP. And number four, we have Sick by Earl Sweatshirt. Where do we want to put Jack Francis by Jack Francis? Also, we haven't figured out like a waiting system or anything, because like we've all agreed up to this point, it's going to get harder and harder to figure <laughs> out. Oh well, yeah, this is going to get yeah. really difficult today. <laughs> the system may collapse. We should have planned this. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Effort, I'm thinking either just before um, Earl Sweatshirt or just after. Oh, I'd agree. I, at the beginning of the episode, I didn't know which way I was going to go, and I'm tending maybe towards underneath Earl Sweatshirt. I would have put it in three or four, so. That would be above or below burial. Well, the obvious thing for me to say would be, let's put it at number one, um, <laughs> which I'm not going to say quite. Um, I'm putting it around at Yard Act. I would say, do I prefer this to Yard Act? Yes, I do. So it would be number two, actually. So how are we so going to average this out? Here's the way it's going to work. It starts from the bottom... And it gets votes to move up. As soon as it doesn't get two votes to keep moving up, it stops oh. there. Okay. I okay. like that. So, okay. That sounds pretty good to come up with on the fly. Who wants to put it above sick by all sweatshirt? Me. Yes. That's two. So just two votes. So it goes above that. Who wants to put it above burial? Me. Yeah. Let's do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Who no. wants to push yes, above the yard? Sorry, are you going to try and change the system now? You don't like the result. No. <laughs> I was just judging you. <laughs> That's your fine. decision. You're, you're saying that for gritted teeth, let's be honest. <laughs> Who wants to push it above yard act? No, I'll stop there. I would, but I believe I may be outvoted. Well, there we go. I gotta say though, the whole thing is close. Like, I all of these are good. I think uh, some of the some of the differences are very close, in my opinion, my personal opinion. What what we're saying is a folk album is slightly uh, better than an ambient album, but not as good as a Manchester album. Yeah, and I really liked Burial as a yeah. thing, but well, this is easier to listen lead, to. So you know. Well, there we go. It's going to take a long go. time to figure it out when we've like when we're a year into this. Jack Francis goes in at number 3, right in the middle of the list. There we go. For now. <laughs> you say that like he's going to go up. <laughs> no, no, I know it's only going to go down. That's what I mean. <laughs> now, I was being, I was just being pessimistic, like, you know, I'm unless we unless down. you know, we want to make that a subplot of, you know, rigging the system and, you know, Paying off dodgy loans to I don't know some I don't know where that's going. Let's let's wrap up. You know what this is like? This is like Eurovision scores, where like <laughs> it, you can never go once all your scores have been announced that you can never go get higher than that, but you can be pushed down. It's always like you got to wait until the very last vote to find out if you might be in first place. 
And remember, kids, GB scores nothing. <laughs> right, let's get on to upcoming releases this week. Uh, quite a bit coming out. Uh, up first, Beach House released the final part, the fourth chapter of their new album, Once Twice Melody. Uh, they've been releasing it in EPs. So it's going to finally be a whole product. And I think most of us have been just kind of waiting for the full thing to be out to listen to it. So that'll be interesting to check out. Beach House, the band, what did um, Seven, yes? Yes. Yeah, I like that one. Hmm. Maybe you'll have to listen to it. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to. Wow. Southwest-based band metronomy have a new album coming out called small world they're from devon right i do not know i'm not imagining that are they from devon i don't know yeah from they're from totnes ah lovely they're from totnes <laughs> i haven't loved any of the singles off of this one but i also haven't given them given them much time so who knows uh Next up, New Zealand-based pop band Broods have a new album coming out called Space Island. I really liked some of the tracks off their last one, Don't Feed the Pop Monster, that came out in 2019, I think. Uh, so hopefully this one's fun too. Sea Power are releasing their new album, Everything Was Forever. It's their first album since the name change. Sounds pretty epic so far. Could be a good one. Uh... Also, Blue Hawaii have a new album coming out called My Best Friend's House, which I quite like as an album title, actually. It's kind of, like, fun. <laughs> uh, they do kind of, uh, like, dancey pop music, essentially. Um, they've never stood out, in my opinion, as one of, like, the better bands, but they seem to get really good reviews, so uh, they definitely have a strong fan base. And then finally, an album that I didn't think I'd want to put on one of these lists uh tin liquor are releasing an album called in another lifetime uh it's coming out on a Duna deep uh the so it's a trance album i've listened to some of the singles and they're actually like pretty good like they're they're quite fun they've got a reasonable amount going on it's not just you know fist pounding trance <laughs> big room trance yeah <laughs> like you'd expect from a Duna deep so yeah, could be an interesting one. Uh, and that's and that's it for the upcoming releases for this week. And that's it for the episode. Thank you for listening. If you want to keep... My brain's just shut down. So I usually leave the Discord call. <laughs> yeah, Jess, you need your connection. I need your connection to stop working so I can do the <laughs> outro. <laughs> You're not used to me being there. If you want to keep up our poor internet connection. If you don't want to miss our future episodes, make sure you subscribe on your podcast service of choice to this podcast. And there'll probably be a notification option so why don't you have a notification for when we release new episodes they come out every monday if you want to hear even more from us you can follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter at unmuted weekly or on instagram at unmuted unmastered 
And if you want to get in touch, you can email us at unmutedmaster.gmail.com. Our album for next week will be the new Black Country New Road album, Ants From Up There. Mm. And I've already listened to it. And yeah, ooh, me too. This one, it's a doozy. 